You're listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson, where we encourage you to stay strong and keep the faith with life-relevant Christian messages on the go. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give us a positive review wherever you are listening. Now here's Lawson Whitson. Amen. Amen. Let's get into the Word today. Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to read several verses right here. Matthew 26, verse 6 says, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly, fragrant oil. She poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, What this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Now here we get down to the text, the the text within the text. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. My, what a question. What will you give me for my Jesus? Amen. That ought to to shake something within you. And, and, And let me just say this today. You know, we read the scripture, we talk about Judas and we almost have some anger and righteousness, uh, anger rise up inside of us at Judas. But let me just say today, a whole lot of people are selling Jesus out for a whole lot less than what Judas did. So here's my message today, and I hope that it'll take shape in a moment, but I want to talk to you about living past your worst mistakes. Living past your worst mistakes. Would you just raise your hand to the Lord? Would you pray with me? Father, speak to me today. God, speak not only into my ears, but into my heart, into my life. Father, I just pray that you minister to every person under the sound of my voice. For us in Jesus' name, I pray. And the church said, Amen. Thank you for your worship and standing. You can be seated Judas was actually the money keeper. He was the secretary and treasurer, if you will, of Jesus' evangelistic ministry. The Bible says in another place that he wasn't really remorseful uh, over the money being uh, spent for the perfume being poured on Jesus, but that he kept the bag, meaning that He resented the woman's elaborate worship 
He didn't really care about the worship. He only cared about the money. He was thinking in the back of his mind if she would have put this in the bag. Maybe I could have had an opportunity to get some of this. Amen. It is funny in a peculiar sense how some people are jealous over the cost and over the value of another person's worship and dedication to God. Have you ever wondered about that? He resented the woman's elaborate worship. He pretended to hide uh, his greed by saying, we could have used that money for the poor. But he really resented it because he was thinking, wow, that was more than a year's wages. If I could have gotten my hands on that, I believe it's okay to want things, but there's a certain degree to where you cannot go, and that takes you into greed. There's the cost of a thing, and then there's the value of a thing. Amen. You can never uh, give too much to the Lord. So the Bible says from that time forward, Judas sought opportunity to betray Jesus. So he goes to the Pharisees, to the religious people of his day, the ones who hated Jesus, and he sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. But here's the deal. It did not take long for the silver to lose its shine. Its appeal quickly went away and then regret sat in on the life of Judas. Matthew 27, verse 1, this is the following chapter, says, When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. But when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful, get this, and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it, in other words, that doesn't mean anything to us. Get out of here. Get this. Then he throws down the pieces of silver in the temple and departs and went and hanged himself. It's going to take me just a moment here to get down to where this is life applicable. But when you realize that you have made the biggest mistake of your life, it can become unbearable to live with if you let it. Amen. Oh, I feel like he's talking to somebody in here today. Yeah, you... And yeah, me, truth of the matter is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Regret carries huge mental and emotional torment. Mistakes that cannot be undone, that cannot be fixed. You just have to find a way to live with it if you are going to go on living at all. Truth of the matter is, is everyone carries regret. 
We all have things in our memory that we do not like to reflect back on. Things that we are ashamed of. Things that immediately steals away our joy every time that we think about it. But here is the deal. There is life past failure. There is life past failure. You have to bring it to God. You have to confess it. You need to lay it down. And you need to turn from it and trust God for His forgiveness. There is no wrong that He will not forgive. Even Judas, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone say this, but I 100% believe this. Even Judas, if he would have repented, and if he would have asked for forgiveness, Jesus would have forgiven him too. It did not have to end the way it ended even though he made his life's greatest mistake. Amen. We see the limitless bounds of God's mercy. Even while he, Jesus, was hanging on the cross, we find a small video clip in the Scripture of where Jesus is hanging, suspended between heaven and earth, being crucified, and as the life is slowly leaving his body, he prays a prayer to intercede on the behalf of those who hung him there, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I come to tell somebody today, amen, your head is hung low, and you feel that you are worthless and that life is not worth living. How can I go on after what I have done and what I have allowed to happen in my life? I come to talk to you. I don't know who you are, but God sent me here today to tell you to get up. There is life past your failure. Get up and shake it off. Come back to the cross and say, Father, forgive me and give me peace that only you can give. There's no wrong worth taking your life over. I know we don't talk about this a lot in the modern church, but there is such of a thing as a mental illness. And you add on top of that the oppressions and the suppressions of the evil spirit world that we live in, the whispering voices of demons and devils trying to tell you that you are worthless, And life isn't worth living. Why are you even here? I come to call that out today and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I curse the spirit of depression in this house. I curse the spirit of suicide in this house. I come to tell you to get up, dust yourself off, square your shoulders back, and say, I messed up, but that's what I did. It's not who I am. Go on and do what God has called you to do. Shake it off. Change it like a dirty shirt. No, you can't fix it. No, you can't change it. So now you have a decision that has to be made. Do I go on and live my life? Yes. And I'm not even going to give the other option because you don't even need to entertain that one. 
You have to seek and accept the forgiveness and the peace of God and move on. Get up and get back to living. Get back to what God has called you to do. John, the aged apostle John, wrote in his, uh, in his epistle of 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, says, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Get this, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from, come on somebody, all sin. I said all sin. Big sin, little sin, medium-sized sin. And that's being kind of facetious because sin is sin. Oh, it's just a little white lie. Well, my Bible tells me that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. You see, with us, we minimalize what we want to hold on to. Oh, it's not that bad. But today, as I'm preaching this mercy message, I pray that there's some self-reflecting and some looking inward to all of our hearts today. I'm not, I'm not telling you, uh, don't deny your mistakes, but, but let me give the balance to this, but don't justify them either. And continue on in them. At some point in time, you have to acknowledge, ask forgiveness, and turn from it. Yes, God will forgive, but you have to lay it down. Yes, God will wipe it away. Yes, God will clean it away, but you can't lay it down and then pick it back up with you. Confess your faults. Amen. Ask for forgiveness and then move on. See, God is not like we are, we as humans. God forgives and forgets. He doesn't throw you, uh, throw your past back up to you every time you mess up. You know how we've all been guilty of doing sometimes. When somebody pushes you over the top, you reach way back. Sometimes you reach way back years beyond. That thing that you said you forgave, oh, you hadn't really put it away, you just hid it away. When somebody really makes you mad, you drag it back out of the closet and hit them over the head with it. But Jesus does not do that. Our God is a forgiving God. When he forgives it, he forgets it. That's what we need to do today. Learn from your mistakes, but forget the regret. Learn from it and go on. Psalm 103.12 says this, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Where does east end and west begin? It's infinite. It is immeasurable, unmeasurable. What this is saying is when you bring it to God, He removes it so far away that it becomes as if it never happened. Somebody ought to give God for praise for that today. 
Somebody needs to be getting liberated in this house about right now. If you're thankful for a merciful God, why don't you give Him a praise? If you're thankful for forgiving you of your life's worst mistakes, you are to take just a moment and give Him some thanksgiving today. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your long suffering. Thank you, God, that you didn't hold it against me. It's, it, the, the, the slate is white clean. Even the apostle Peter denied knowing the Lord just at dinner the night before the Lord told him what he would do. It was Peter saying, oh no, Lord, not me. No, I know you perfect, but you got this one wrong. Not me, Lord. No, I would never do not, not. Hey, I'm your man. The Lord says, Peter, before the rooster crows, twice, you will have denied me three times. Preached a message one time when the rooster crowed. Let me tell you the meaning behind that. That moment of revelation. That moment of when you came to yourself. That moment when reality hits you and you realize you did the very thing you promised you would never do. Does anybody know that kind of regret that I'm talking about today? Yet, well, for the rest of you, not. we got like six honest people in here. For... This is the right message, and we're going to have a massive altar call here in a few moments. But I know you all self-righteous and sanctified, Holy Ghost filled and water baptized. Yeah, you looking good, smelling good. Yeah, I, I get all that. But the Holy Spirit that sent me sees behind all of that facade and looks down into the deep crevices of your soul. Some of you cannot live in joy right now because of the regret and the torment of your past. But today is a day to where some people, before you go today, you need to visit this altar and you need to pull off that shame just like a dirty garment. And you need to lay it on this altar. And you need to accept and receive the forgiveness of God. You need to leave here with a new attitude today. The moment of Peter's denial was while Jesus was being flogged. Very, very early in the morning, as the sun is rising, the rooster sounds the alarm, and Peter has for the third time denied the Lord. But then when the rooster sounded his good morning alarm again, Jesus turned and looks at him through the crowd and makes eye contact. The eyes of Jesus pierced the soul of Peter. He didn't have to say a word because reality in a moment had set in on Peter that I have just committed my life's greatest mistake. And he goes out and he weeps bitterly. No doubt that he had thoughts of 
Life is not worth living. No doubt he had thoughts of maybe hurting or harming himself, but he was in such turmoil, he did not know what to do with himself. But here's the deal. The Lord knew the mistake that he was going to make before he made it. And he loved him anyway. I come to tell somebody in here today, your greatest mistake did not catch God off guard. He said, I will go before you and I will make the crooked places straight. He says, before I ever called you, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I had a purpose for your life. I had a plan for your life. After Jesus' resurrection and he he meets some of the disciples, he says, he tells Mary and I think it was maybe uh, Martha, the other lady with her, says, go tell the disciples I'm going to meet with them this evening. He says, go tell my disciples, get this, and Peter. And Peter. Don't forget Peter. Yes, he messed up. That's all right. I have plans for his life. Amen. I've got plans for you after you mess up. Somebody hear me today? God still has plans for you after you messed up. Peter comes back and humbly repents before the Lord. He is one of the 120 in the upper room at the day of Pentecost filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It would be Peter, none of the others, but it would only be Peter. Only one man could have the greatest honor upon the planet of being the first to preach the gospel message. Who was it? It was the denying Peter. The post-failure Peter. Had Peter never came back, had Peter only known the pain of his failure, he would never known the glory of God's purpose. King David fell into moral failure, committed adultery, lied and murdered in an attempt to cover it up, but still God forgave him, and he fulfilled his life's missions. Amen. God uses messed up people. Let me say that again. God uses messed up people. Post-failure people. Because that's number one, all he has. Hello? See, our God has the power to not just repair, He makes new. He makes new. Someone needs to hear this today. God's not finished with you. If I could tell you with all the kindness but yet candor that I can muster, get back up and go ahead and do what you know to do. Quit crying about it. Quit begging about it. Lay it upon the altar. Bring it to God. Ask for forgiveness. Accept and receive that forgiveness. And quit talking about it. Quit bringing it back up. Quit acting like a failure. Quit acting like a victim. 
quit acting like you, you're, you're disqualified from a future. You need to... I don't like to say shut up because kids sometimes are in here. Parents tell the kids don't say shut up, but I'm going to break my own rule today. Sometimes you need to shut up. Sometimes you need to quit talking that defeat. You need to quit talking that nonsense. How are you ever going to grow into what God has with you? If you're walking around moping for the rest of your life, God forgave it. He forgot it. Why don't you? And anytime someone wants to bring your past back up to you, after you have repented of it, after you have turned from it, after God has forgiven you, you need to leave them in their company by themselves. Amen. Quit going. Quit hanging out with those that keep wanting to pull you down, telling you how bad you are, telling you how worthless you are. Why don't you try hanging out with those who celebrate you instead of those who only tolerate you? Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a just man, that means a good man, for a good man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Everyone falls, but not everyone fails. What is the difference? The ones who get back up. Somebody in here today, you need to get back up. I know, I, I know you might be even too embarrassed to, to say, Pastor, you're talking to me in here. Truth of the matter is, is there's, there's multiples, all of us in here. Some of us, our, our future, we have put our future on hold because we have disqualified ourselves from pursuing it because of the regret and the remorse that we carried. It's good to feel sorry for your wrong. But if you're real sorry, you'll turn from it. Don't say, God, I'm sorry, and continue in it. That's not a repentance. No people that's, you know, getting drunk. Oh, God, yeah, for, forgive me, God, you know. Knowing, knowing tomorrow night's the next night and you're going to do it again. Just save your breath. Don't play around with God. Can I just give you that advice? You, you, you sleeping, you sleeping around, you committing fornication or in adultery until you're ready to quit it. You need to pray for God's mercy and not His forgiveness because until you turn from, oh, I'm preaching now, until you turn from it, you're not going to be forgiven. You have to repent. Repent means not just say, I'm sorry, but to turn from it. Everyone falls, but not everyone fails. The difference is in getting back up. Just when you think that God can't use you, consider these great people God used in the Bible. I've read this before several times through the years, but it is so good I just had to use it. This just fit today's message. It's written with humor, but it's full of truth. Just when you think that God can't use you, Consider some of the people in the Bible. Noah was a drunk. Abraham 
too old. Isaac, a daydreamer. Jacob, a liar. Leah was ugly. Not our Leah's. The Leah in the Bible. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Don't worry about that here. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. But yet God used every one of them. Amen. God can use you too. You need to stand and declare today, God, you can use me too. God, I'm a new creature in you. I'm going to live past my life's worst mistakes. I'm going to receive forgiveness this day. I'm going to quit talking about it. I'm going to quit dwelling on it. I'm going to leave it behind. The Apostle Paul, the man who wrote the majority of the New Testament, had a radical past. He went from being a hater and a murderer of Christians to becoming a Christian himself. And might I say, probably the best Christian to have ever lived. But he had to live past his worst mistakes. And he did. The majority of the New Testament in your Bible was written by the hand of an ex-murderer, the Apostle Paul. He writes this in Philippians chapter 3, and it's familiar to most, but he writes, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I don't have it all together. But one thing I do... And this is so important. Forgetting those things which are behind. Regret. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And then he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then he turns it to us and says, Therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. What he is saying is I press toward the mark of the prize of the high. What, what does he mean is I press? What he says is it's not easy. Not just from the opposition without. Who am I preaching to? But how about the opposition within? Publicly I'm bold and brave. But on the inside... I'm cowardly afraid. I battle with having faith to press. Who am I talking to today? Through the words of Paul, let us, you and I, let us press, push it out of the way. Press, push, keep asking God's mercy. 
Keep asking God's forgiveness. Keep on coming to church. Keep on serving. Keep on giving. Keep on worshiping. I wish I had a little help in here. Amen. Every, every time you fail, get up quickly. Become a professional at repenting. That's why very few services do I close without giving an opportunity to come to an altar because the altar, the A-L-T-A-R, will A-L-T-E-R your life. And I've never been to church that has so many altar calls and everybody comes. I guess they're... And for the simple mind, I got saved 40 years ago. Why do I need to go up there? Uh, yeah, that's the point. That's like saying, I bathed 10 years ago. Why do I need to bathe again? (laughs) Why should I wash my clothes? They're just going to get dirty again. Your soul is the most valuable thing that you possess. It requires the greatest of maintenance. Your relationship with the Lord is not anything to take casually. It's not anything to play with and pretend over. You can't move forward looking backward. One person said you can't unscramble eggs. I like that. So my advice is just make an omelet and move on. Amen. I prefer them over easy, but if they're scrambled, just whip it up into an omelet and let's go on. Amen? Is this all right? Am I helping anybody? Paul would, I'm not far from finished, but Paul would later write to other Christians and get what he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. He says, do you not know Now, he's writing this to believers, Christian, born-again believers. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not, say not, inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals. I didn't write that. I'm just reading that. Nor sodomites nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. said, don't fool yourself. It's not going to work. But then he says this, and such were, past tense, such were some of you, but something happened. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Somebody, everybody ought to give a praise for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How many is thankful today for salvation, for redemption? Thank you, God. That's who I used to be. That's not who I am no more. Praise God. 
today regardless of your past. In spite of your regrets, you can be made new. You can be forgiven. How do you know, Pastor? Because I have been. You can be made fresh and live your life going forward with purpose and meaning. How many desires that? You stand with me today. How many would like just a refreshing down in your soul? How many would like to be able to pull some heavy weights that you've been carrying in your heart and lay them aside for a long time? How how many would like to be unleashed of that today? Amen. Amen. Praise God. My last verse, we'll open up this altar and we shouldn't have to beg for an altar call today. Every person should at some point, whether you're at this altar somewhere in this building, Every person in here today needs to say, God, cleanse me afresh. God, I receive. I not only ask for your forgiveness, but I receive it in Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is the very verse that this church was named from. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things, say all things, things. have become new. Say that means me too. Praise God. As they see. Thank you for listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson. We hope that this message equipped you and empowered you to live the Christian life. We would like to invite you to attend one of our dynamic services, either in person or online. Visit nlcjc.org. That's nlcjc.org for the campus and service times that work for you. Be sure to connect with us on social media, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. We look forward to being with you next time on New Life Today with Awesome Winston.